Welcome to the Thrive Infertility Podcast brought to you by the Quillet Institute, your mental health resource to support you during your season of infertility. We are here to help you thrive. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Thrive Infertility Podcast. This is your host, Kathy Quillet, CEO of the Quillet Institute and owner of Tennessee Reproductive Therapy. I'm sure glad you're back with me, y'all. Um, I'm looking out my window right now and there is a cardinal on my fence and plants that are trying to squeak above the earth right now. And it's a little overcast, but what I can tell you is coming is spring. And I love the symbolism of spring. If you've read anything that I've written, I just love the newness. I love the wonder of spring. I love the symbolism tied into just the hard seasons that we encounter and the growth that happens even when, you know, the mulch is frozen and the ground is hard and no new growth is coming. Um, but even in that season, there's this natural pause where the, where the earth just kind of is. It's still, but it's, it's growing. It's readying itself. It's resting. It's Sabbathing. And I just love that symbolism. And so my plants are coming up and that's just an indication and daylight savings time just happened, right? It's this symbolism and this perspective for me and it gives me chance to pause and say newness is coming. And I love that. And I hope that in this week ahead for you, that you can take an opportunity and pause and appreciate the spring, but also allow yourself some perspective to wonder what is what has been dead wintry in my life, but also what can I expect to come into this new season? Y'all, today I want to talk about fertility treatments a little bit. I've had Dr. Montville and Dr. Amelia Bailey, and I actually have another uh, RE that's going to come on in a couple weeks, uh, Dr. Mark Trollis. He's going to come on maybe next week. Um, and so we've talked about IVF and what that means. We've run statistics. If you haven't uh, heard those, um, I would suggest that you go back and hear Dr. Bailey and Dr. Montville just talk about statistics of IVF and IUI and really how to lead that season or live that season um, with expectation. You know, a lot of times I work with clients. So in case you're new to my world, um, I'm a marriage and family therapist. I specialize in reproductive and maternal mental health. I own the Quilla Institute where I can do some fertility coaching in the state of Tennessee. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, and so I have a lot of clients, a lot of people struggling with infertility, pregnancy loss, and subsequently pregnancy and postpartum after that. And a lot of people, a lot of my clients, so I work closely with the IVF clinics here in Nashville and Tennessee at large. And I hear a lot of my clients prepping themselves for treatment, almost like they're going to put this dollar in a vending machine and a baby's going to pop out of this, this symbolic machine. Now, years and years ago, I've used this story in the books that I've written also, but my husband um, led a, a youth event. And before we went into this event, I saw this kid. He was the last scraggler and it was part of my job to chaperone and make sure that everybody got in there well. And I remember watching him from a distance and he put his money in this vending machine. 
and nothing happened. And then he, he shook the machine a little bit. He made sure his money went in. He shook the machine a little bit harder. And then all four foot something of him and he had a little bit of a stocky figure. He took a step back and lowered his shoulder trying so desperately to get what he had put, what he deserved or what he thought he was owed. He put his money in. Certainly this is what he deserved, right? Um, and as I watched him, I can just remember it as clear as day and it was probably a good 12 years ago. He walked across the corridor where this vending machine was, y'all, and he ran across, left his feet, jumped shoulder into this machine and no Mountain Dew, right? Because every junior hire needs Mountain Dew at 7.30 at night. And he walked away with his head down because what he thought he was owed, put in his money, and he thought this should be a really simple process. And that's fertility treatments for us sometimes, is we think I'm gonna put in my $10,000 and I'm gonna get a baby. Of course, difficulties and, and complex treatments come for other people but I'm gonna put my money in and I'm gonna do a retrieval and it's gonna go really well. And I'm gonna get lots of eggs and those are gonna be the same amount of embryos that I'm gonna get, which is big fat lie we all know, right? And then in nine months, I'm gonna have a baby because everything's gonna go swimmingly because statistics say I'm closer to having a baby than I've ever been before. So what happens to you, listener, that might be going through IVF as you stand on the precipice of, of a fertility treatment and you're hopeful because again, infertility treatment is kind of like this renewed hope. Most of us all that aren't like Paris Hilton who wants to go in and pick off a menu, the children that she's going to raise, which don't even get me started on how damaging that all is to our community. But a lot of us get to IVF. I remember when I walked into the fertility treatment, I was weary. I was exhausted, but it was like this glimmer of hope that I hadn't felt in a long time. It was this, I am so close. I'm gonna have a baby now. And if you know me, you know my story didn't end well. I, I had one meeting and they said, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Quill, you're not a candidate for this. I had adenomyosis and no healthy space left in my womb to attach an embryo to. Wasn't surprising, I knew it, but again, it was the biggest blow because I thought this is where people put in their money like a vending machine and you push whatever treatment you want and out comes the baby. It always happens bad to somebody else, but what happens when it happens to you? Again, statistics have been shared on this podcast, so I won't, I won't go through all of those again for you. But what happens emotionally when maybe the, you know, maybe the diagnosis was your husband's and then you, it was male factor infertility and you go in for the egg retrieval and it yields you no healthy embryos. What happens when you find out there's a genetic condition or what happens when it just doesn't work and there's no reason why? Maybe it's your third, fourth, fifth egg retrieval, and you have no reason to believe that there's a problem, but it's just not happening. So we throw the unexplained infertility diagnosis on you, which let's be real, just means we don't have all the data to know all the diagnoses yet. 
It doesn't mean there's a bigger problem with you because we can't figure it out. It just means reproductive health isn't that old to know everything. Okay, so let's just think. We're going through IVF treatment. And here's what I want you to think. I think we need a healthy dose of realism. Realism means there is not a 100% guarantee, okay? So we might have hope, but I remember my mom always saying to me, Kath, just have hope, just hope. And I would say, mama, hope is paralyzing. Hope to me feels like I get my hopes up and then I'm gonna have sex or I'm gonna pee on a stick and I'm gonna be disappointed yet again. And then it's another month of this arduous journey of a roller coaster, which we all roller coaster, which we all call it. And it is hard. It's hard. And we don't want to go in completely pessimistic saying, I'm going to waste all this money. Like I'm gambling on black in Vegas, but it's probably going to be on red. So I'm going to waste this $40,000, $20,000, whatever it is. And I have no hope. If that's where you are, we need to get our feet back on the ground and say, I, I need a little bit of hope here. I know I just said how paralyzing it is, but we can't go in thinking this isn't going to work. We need a realistic perspective that says this isn't 100%. Things can go wrong. These doctors are some of the most trained physicians out there, but they're creating a life. They're doing science experiments. They're like artists. I remember I was talking to Dr. Bailey, maybe it was on the podcast last time. And I was like, it's almost like each human is a canvas and you're the artist. And everyone we have to go into, every transfer, every retrieval, whatever, is with a different canvas. And so you have to come up with what you think, what paint palette, what medium you think might work best for this. And she was like, absolutely, absolutely. So no guarantees. Unfortunately, you think you're going to put your money in like this vending machine and there's not a hundred percent. It's going to come back with a pop in hand for you. We need a healthy dose of perspective. Here's the other part of that. We want to be realistic, but we also want to say this does not make or break me. Even if something goes awry, I trust my doctors. I'm in great medical care. A healthy dose of perspective says, if this doesn't work for me, I'm going to be okay. Because listen, a lot of us think that getting the fertility treatments means the end of the road. It's not the end of the road. You can pivot and go to donation if possible. You can adopt an embryo. You can adopt a human being, which I can tell you as an adoptive mother myself is the most beautiful thing. And while I wasn't there for birth, those are my babies. Those are my babies. And that's how I became a mom. And it was beautiful. I get all super passionate about that. You just watch. Okay, so we need perspective. Things can go wrong. We can pivot. And that's okay. But what I also want to encourage us with, so we did real realism, perspective. We also need a healthy dose of self-care. Okay? When you get into any of these treatments, you're talking about putting a whole lot of hormones up in your body, okay? You're talking about some really intrusive, mood-altering, hormone-shaking, bloating, whatever hormones that are going to be up in your body that might make you feel like you're having an out-of-body experience. Not like you're hallucinating or anything like that, but I have a lot of my clients say, I just don't feel myself. 
And listen, I did it. I went on Lupron for a little bit in my journey. I was like the catatonic old lady in the nursing home staring at birds. I, 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 I don't even know. My husband would come home and I was just sitting on the couch staring out the window and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I have no idea. But I'm on a healthy dose of Lupron right now. And so here and stare I am. I have clients who have quit their job before because fertility treatments became so hard. I know couples that have needed intensive counseling, which there's no shame in this because of infertility, because it can be really long and hard. I don't say that to scare you. If this is something you're trying to consider, perspective says a baby could be on the other side. Self-care said, I need to prepare myself for the marathon ahead. Nobody starts out running a marathon without doing exercise. If you run a marathon, you stop at the tables and you get some Gatorade. You stop and get some gummies because you know your blood sugar is going to crash around mile 19. Not that I'm a runner. And you're going to need some sustenance to keep you going. So we need self-care practices. Is it yoga? Is it exercise? What I tell my clients is 30 minutes a day if you can outside moving your body in the springtime, right? Which is glorious. I've already, I've already mentioned that. What else is self-care? Listen, for me, I cooked today. Why? Because that was self-care. I didn't have the energy to move my body, but I got to bake some bread. I baked a casserole. I baked some other stuff. It was awesome. My soul felt nourished. What is it that nourishes yours? Take advantage of those things in the middle of your fertility treatments. And if you're gearing up for it, start now because it's hard. Okay, so what else helps us in a marathon? I, again, I'm not a runner, but I remember in college, I had a roommate that trained for the LA Marathon. And while I didn't run, I went to a lot of stops across the, the, the race with signs and balloons and noisemakers and whatever to cheer her on. We need support people in the middle of fertility treatments to help sustain us, bring us back down to earth, encourage us and say, I'm in your corner. You got this. When I, when you fall, when you're emotional, here's my shoulder. Here are my ears to hear. I'm all yours. You need a support system. Now, some people create blogs, Instagram accounts. Some people go through this completely silently. Whether you're looking for and reaching out to the whole blogosphere for support or whether you're just like, honey, we're not telling anybody that we're going through fertility treatments because it feels a little vulnerable for us. But whoever that is, we need to invest in support. I have a mood chart that I give to a lot of my clients. It's not for diagnostic purposes at all, but it really what it looks into is how are we coping in a month? Okay, so what, what cycle day are we on? How many hours of sleep are we getting? Are we doing too much alcohol consumption? Are we moving our body? Are we getting support? Let's see, do we, like, where's our mood? How's our anxiety? Are we irritable? Are we angry? What's going on in the day? And then what contributes to this? This is a part of the Peace and Fertility online program that I have. It's part of the Peace and Fertility workbook too. If you're part of the Thrive Society, hit me up and I'll give you one, okay? It just keeps track of what's going on. We need inner, and what's going on to contribute to our mood and our, our anxiety in the month. So essentially, 
what coping skills are really working well for me? And what am I missing out on in my life? Like, let's say you're getting three hours of sleep at night on the nights that you feel you're most anxious. Or maybe it's day 14, you're feeling really depressed because of something going on in your life, but you notice when you're, you're kind of feeling a little depressed at some points in your cycle, but you're also noting that days when you feel depressed, your mood goes up a little bit on the days that you get support and exercise. That's what we're really paying attention to. So we want a really healthy, balanced life also when we're going through fertility treatments. So we're gonna set, up our, set ourselves up with some realistic expectations, knowing that this might not all go seamlessly. We're gonna have perspective, knowing that regardless of what the outcome is, you as a person, you as a couple are okay. You might have to experience a lot of grief. You might be one of the few that gets through unscathed, and it's just joy. That's amazing. We're gonna seek out self-care, and we're gonna look for support. Knowing that, as doctors have said on here before, and as I will say till the day I die, on your reproductive journey, your physical health is important, but so is your mental health. I saw somebody put out a survey the other day that just said, hey, check in as a host of this big Facebook group. How's your mental health in the middle of infertility? Comment after comment after comment after comment of struggle, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. If you're struggling, you're in good company. I was a marriage and family therapist at the time, and if I'm honest, I was struggling. There was no shame for asking for help because the next season of life, ideally is pregnancy and postpartum and parenthood, so let's work on it now. If you need support in your area, I'm happy to help you look. The fertility or fertility coaching with Aquila Institute reaches every corner of this globe. If you're in Tennessee, contact me. Go to tennessereproductivetherapy.com. Send me a message and let's get down to work. I'm ready for you, okay? We need everybody in our corner when going through infertility treatments, okay? Because you deserve it and you deserve to be emotionally healthy and excited for parenthood. Because after infertility, pregnancy is full of anxiety because we've done all the research. We've looked all over Google. We know the statistics of miscarriage. We know what pregnancy loss looks like because we've scrolled it on Instagram. Make sure that you're centering yourself for a nice, healthy, balanced pregnancy. If you need support, I'm here. I'm not the only one in the country. I can help you find somebody else. That would be my honor to get you the support that you need. It would also be my honor to walk you through whatever it is that you're going through. I hope that y'all have a great week. I've got some other sweet professionals coming up, upcoming. I'm doing a couple this week, and I can't wait for you to hear the stuff that they told me they want to talk about. So have a great week and go out and thrive. Bye, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Thrive Infertility, brought to you by the Quillet Institute. Don't forget to check us out online at thequillitinstitute.com or at the Quillet Institute on Instagram and Facebook. Have a great day.